so I have a short fact about the Taliban. Oh. As this is topical. Topical. It's a very short fact. Do you know what the word Taliban means? Um, no. So most members in the Taliban are Pashtun, which is the largest ethnic group in Afghanistan. Uh-huh. So in Pashtu, the Taliban is a plural of the word Talib, which actually means student. Oh. So the Taliban actually means students. And hello, this is Have You Ever Heard Of? Welcome. So it's like a student, really harsh student union. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kind of. Yikes. That's not what my student union was like. Um, There was a lot more talk about feminism in mine. But yeah, I I didn't know that. Wow. And it was started in 94. That's another small fact if you didn't know that already. So was it actually, was it originally made up mainly of students? That's the way the students went. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe it means student like student of life. As opposed to like... Oh, they're one of them, are they? University of life. You know. (laughs) (laughs) I went to the University of life, mate. That's where I went. Oh my God, has anyone ever said that to you? Yeah, too many people have said that to me. Oh my God. Someone once told me that they were Instagram famous, and I I feel like that's the (laughs) day that I died inside. (laughs) I literally nearly burst out laughing. (laughs) And I just right couldn't. In their face. <laughs> it was like just before a yoga class. Oh, me and no. my well. best friend had gone to a yoga class, and she was there as like a select. And we were like, "Who are you?" To be fair, I'm not surprised. <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> the sort of place I think someone would declare themselves internet famous or Instagram famous. Instagram famous. And I was like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> my no social media is going absolutely swimmingly. I have had absolutely no desire to be on any social media. Don't blame you. Uh, tell me about your thing. Okay, so I'm going to do someone who may or may not have existed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I like those ones. Have you ever heard of Lagatha? Yes. Yeah. I have, though I couldn't, wouldn't be able to tell you facts, the, but yes, The greatest heard of. shield maiden of all time. <laughs> and, uh, one that of, may or may not have existed. <laughs> one of the, one of the uh, lead characters in the series Vikings. A series that I keep feeling like I would love. It's fucking brilliant. I recommend it. Everyone was like, everyone really hated the ending, but I quite liked it. I'm not going to talk about it because spoilers. Yeah, that, but, no spoilers. But it, I liked it. It tied it tied the room together. I think very tied nicely. the room together very nicely, <laughs> like a like a good rug. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So she might or may, may or may have not existed, but um. Let's go for but it. I think she's worth talking about for various reasons that we'll get on to as we okay, go okay. along. Okay, so what we do know about Lagatha comes from the early 13th century CE Gesta Donorum, uh, or the Deeds of the Danes, written by Saxo Grammaticus. <laughs> which what a name! I know, which uh, which translates into Saxo the Literate, or lit- literally the grammarian so basically just like a grammar geek that's what he was nice I mean, that's what uh, he was put that down on that. my list of things to <laughs> name my children um so this was a set of 16 books um a 16 book epic uh, a patriotic work of danish history uh written in latin that covered the viking period uh like amongst other like periods of danish history um 
So it's considered the most ambitious literary undertaking of medieval Denmark and is a main source of just generally Denmark's early history. So what do we know about Lagatha from this early text? So Lagatha, Lagatha's story is recorded in passages in the ninth book. Um, she's said to have lived during the ninth century CE. Uh, we're introduced to Lagatha when King Fro of Sweden invades Norway, killing the Norwegian king Sivard. Sivard. Sivard? Yeah. I think it's a V. <laughs> I think W's are pronounced as V's, like in German. Anyway. Like in German, yeah. <laughs> okay, so what we learn in Old Saxo, the Grammar Geeks uh, book, is that Ragnar has just succeeded his father, Sivard Hring, to the throne of Jutland in Denmark. What's more, Sivard, uh, king of the Norwegians, we learn, was Ragnar's grandfather, so the Swedish right. king killed his grandfather. Bad times. So to add a bit of insult to injury, Frodo decides to put all the women of the dead king's family into a brothel for public humiliation. So that's oh like God. Ragnar's family, ma'am. He is not That's happy. grim. Surprisingly, Ragnar is pissed off. So Ragnar <laughs> heads to Norway, planning to hack off some uh, so King Frodo's limbs, basically. Uh, yep. Maybe give him a blood eagle. Who knows? Know what a blood eagle is? No, but so it sounds good. Especially when they kind of like, um, kind of like cut the rib cages and then like pull like in the back from the back and then like pull out the lungs and then like s- spread the rib cages and then put the like, stretch the lungs over the rib cages so it looks like eagle's wings. It's like oh. a really horrible way of killing someone. It may may have not happened, but they talk about it. Let's go. With <laughs> like, it. Oh, so I think it's a thing. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, so, upon arrival at his camp in in uh, in Norway, Ragnar is met uh, by some of the screwed over women. But they're not taking this line down. So, they're dressed up in battle dress and they declare that they are ready to join him in the hunt for the Swedish king. Nice. So, yes, women. It's fighting back. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. So, in battle, these shield maidens are ferocious. There's some arse-kicking femmes and they more than get revenge for their wrong sex uh, on the men that did the wronging. Uh, but one chill maiden stands out in particular to Ragnar, and that is Lagatha. In fact, Lagatha, Lagatha. In fact, she stands out so much that Ragnar even goes so far as to tribute the victory to her might alone. So she wins oh. the victory. She wins the battle. Nice. She's a badass. As Saxo writes, Lagatha is a skilled Amazon who, though a maiden, had the courage of a man and fought in front amongst the bravest with her hair loose over her shoulders. All marvelled at her matchless deeds, for her locks flying down her back betrayed all that she was a woman. Oh, just putting that on my list of Halloween costumes yeah, quickly. Man. It's the way forward. Yeah. Um, of course, this was the same century, so her martial prowess can only be compared to that of a man. I mean, like, so do we still do that now? I mean, yeah, let's get into this I later. Mean, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> discuss the ongoing debate around shield maidens and females and all stuff but anyway uh so after seeing like the tear up in the battlefield mag uh, ragnar is of course smitten like i don't know about other gentlemen out there but uh listening in on this pod- in podcast land um but an ass kicking lady absolutely does do it for me i'm gonna say that female Fuck wrestlers <laughs> female fighters female action stars that's a that's Lara kind of Croft, baby that's yeah, so original that's yeah. the kind of stuff i find incredibly attractive so i'm with ragnar on this one <laughs> uh, what's more he discovers she's of noble birth which is important if you're a king right gotta marry right that's one of the laws that's one of the rules what, it, 
if you're a Do king. we know like what her birth is or Which is part of like the noble house of Norway. Right. Like that just king like the general Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. I'm not really sure where. Oh, yeah, because she was one of the ones that went to the brothel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Or maybe just her, like, family got put in the brothel and she got away and she was like, I'm going to bust those ladies out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's go with that. (laughs) So Ragnar now starts the courtship process. Problem is, he's the king of Denmark, right? So he's based in Jutland and Lagasso is still still up in Norway. And so they start this long-distance courtship. Now, there's no WhatsApp then, there's no Snapchat, there's no quick fire messages or dirty pics and vids. You can just send long distance. <laughs> keep that, uh, keep it all spicy. Just send like a, a dirty portrait. Exactly, yeah. It just takes ages <laughs> to paint and then it takes like a few weeks to get shipped up there. So it's old school letters and that. Dirty pictures, whatever, portraits. Uh, it takes weeks to arrive. So now it's all Ragnar sending the letters. So he's getting like put like dick portraits and stuff that take <laughs> ages to get there Lagatha is playing it super cool super fucking cool so cool that basically Saxo suggests she's leading Ragnar on but I mean like he's just a bit of an insult so we listen, I'll listen to him and I mean maybe she is I'll let you judge because before Ragnar comes to find her she sets up an advanced defence system around her dwellings so basically Lagatha has this like big old wolf as a pet like a huge husky I mean, like, I always love some like of the husky. Like a dire wolf. Basically, yeah. Gotta love some of the husky. But not only husky, in addition uh, to a tame wolf, she has a pet bear. Like a whole bear. <laughs> like an actual bear. Like a black bear or a brown bear? I or... don't know. One of the bears. But it's a bear. <laughs> it's not a panda. It's just. It's basically not a panda. It's like a nasty bear. Um, <laughs> so, like... So... Uh, da, da, da. <laughs> so when Ragnar rocks up to her... Uh, uh, up to her home... Uh, he has to fight both the wolf and the bear in what is basically <laughs> like a handicap match. Like, I mean, like now a bear or a wolf are going to pretty much be able to like make mince of me of me in like two seconds. Like together. Yeah, absolutely. This is just like, I, this is ridiculous. I would not be okay with either of those approaching me. Yeah. This is why I don't get the badass girls. This is why I am the bowling for soup song. Like, uh, <laughs> that all the bad guys won. I'm not getting that burger. I can't fight bears and wolves together. Not, I'm not capable. I'm just going to give up. <laughs> yeah. Of course, neither of her beloved pets prove a match and fall to Ragnar's legendary skills. Uh, one is speared and one is strangled, apparently. Strangled to death. I don't know which way around, but I mean, strangling either of them seems horrible, but yeah. also fucking hard. <laughs> Yeah, that guy is a bit scary, (laughs) actually. Um, That's enough for Lagatha, it would seem. And she uh, agrees to marry him. I mean, like... Fair. I I just got a thing to, like, just sacrifice your pets, your beloved pets like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Maybe she has, like, a a nice little cuddly panda she kept. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was a panda. Maybe that was the bear. (laughs) Hopefully not, because that's really sad. Um, So they get married, and together they have two unnamed daughters, as well as a son called Friedleaf. Um, That's not how it goes in the Viking series. She's the mother of a different character, who, in his like historically, she wasn't. But I mean, if she didn't exist, like that character does exist. (laughs) It's weird because like that character does exist. The one that like claims to be the son of Ragnar and someone else. 
um, Bjorn Ironside. He becomes like the King of Sweden. Um, so he does exist, but apparently these people... Anyway. Whatever. Just history, <laughs> innit? Um, Hashtag so, history. <laughs> anyway, so, she's, so he spends... Uh, three years chilling in in Norway with Lagatha after this with uh, with his new queen. Um, I'm just kind of like imagining Lagatha as Catherine Winnick now, who plays Lagatha in um in Vikings. So I mean, like you would, wouldn't you? Just stay in Norway, fuck up your kingdom <laughs> in Denmark, definitely. Um, then their idyllic marriage is interrupted by unrest in his Danish kingdom. Can't just let their king be, can they, on his honeymoon? They have to have a little rebellion. So Ragnar returns to Denmark and fights a civil war, and all is well with the kingdom. But the marriage, not so much. So while he's back, he's introduced to Thora, daughter of King Herod of Sweden. So Thora has been raising, apparently, a bunch of snakes that just grow out of control. Herod offers his daughter's hand to whoever can rid them of their problem. As Grammaticus describes... Changing his love and desiring Thora, divorced himself from Lagatha, for he thought ill of her trustworthiness, remembering that she had long ago set the most savage beast to destroy him. So it kind of turns out that Ragnar has been harbouring some ill will about the dog and bear thing. I mean, like, if you're upset, don't keep it inside for, like, three years. If you're upset don't pretend about it's being okay. put upon by yeah. the dog and bear. <laughs> Get married and then keep bringing it up. Jeez, Ragnar. Like, if you're upset, just... Just talk about it. Let out your feelings. So, anyway. Ragnar and Lagatha divorce. And Lagatha kind of uh, falls, by, falls by like the wayside in the story for a bit. Lagatha's okay, though. She remarries. Uh, but is then asked by Ragnar to help him fight another civil war down in Denmark. Can't keep his house in order. Take a better care of your kingdom, dude. Well, don't um, bring your ex-wife in. Exactly. It. Just be like, oh, I'm really sorry I divorced you, brother. I really need your help. I mean, like, despite being so unceremoniously dumped, Lagatha does agree to help him. Not only does she send a fleet of 120 ships packed full of her finest warriors and shield maidens, but she herself once again plays a decisive role in the battle. So at the height of the battle, with Ragnar's son, Sivard, uh, wounded, Lagatha saves the day for Ragnar by leading a daring flank attack, destroying Herod's forces. So Saxo, Saxo writes, uh, Lagatha, who had a matchless spirit through a delicate frame, covered by her splendid bravery, the inclination of the soldiers to waver, for she made a sally about and flew around the rear of the enemy, taking them unawares, and thus turned the panic of her friends into the camp of the enemy. At last, the lines of Herod became slack, and Herod himself was routed with a great slaughter of his men. So she saves the day again. Saves it even though she'd just been like dumped by her husband. So after saving her ex, she heads home back to Norway. Now, we're not sure what happens next. Um, But so she had, as I said, she remarried to to, like uh, another kind of like king character. Um, So yeah, she comes back. Perhaps her husband wasn't happy with her rushing off to help her ex. I mean, I know many folks, though they might not admit it, would get a bit like oomph about their partner <laughs> going out with like an old ex for a drink. So if they like rushed off to fight a war for their ex, there might be some like raised eyebrows, no doubt. That's some high level, yeah. yeah, yeah like, but I mean, like whatever the reason, Lagza and her husband quarreled. But this did not end well for the hubby. She 
Having concealed a spear in her gown at the height of the row, she just stabbed him, killed him. Oh. Yeah. She, as Saxo says, usurped the whole of his name and sovereignty, for this most presumptuous dame thought it uh, pleasanter to rule without her husband than to share the throne with him. And so the story of Lagtha ends with her as a queen, as a queen on her own right, ruling without need of any man. Sisters are doing it for themselves. So what's she the queen of? Uh, I don't know. I think it must be like Nor- some part of Norway. Right, okay, She's yeah. She's just in Norway. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Unfortunately, Saxo doesn't see it that way, denouncing her as the most presumptuous dame. But I mean, like, he's a fucking nerd, isn't he? So don't have to listen to him. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Um, so it's like, um, yeah, it's interesting you write that because it, it kind of like reflects like the attitude of the time, right? Women taking power. But weirdly, like the way he kind of describes the battle is like, it's all kind of like depicted really gloriously. I mean, like, I don't know what that really tells us about the time. Like, he, like, she's victorious, but yeah. then when she comes back to rule, yeah. then it's not okay. It's just strange. Strange attitudes of the time. So, I, I'm going to stop there. We, you know, kind of, that's kind of like the end of her story in the book. But I think there's some more like, stuff that's worth discussing. So let's look at kind of like the sources uh, for this. Um was Agatha real or mythical? So it's believed that although Saxo, uh, so the the, the Jester Denarum um, is basically um, a history of the kings of Denmark, only the later books from volume ten through to the final one, um, volume sixteen, uh, actually concern historical kings. So she's in book nine, so that's like the last book of what. People kind of consider like the legendary, right? Okay, um, part, um, like the myth. Yeah, yeah like more of a prologue saying that. Yeah, myths, legendary, like figure, uh, figures into like tales. But the thing is, is, like, so it's like a lot of it's like Viking history. And the thing is, like, the Vikings didn't actually write down their history. Viking history just survived through like sagas, which would be passed yeah. down like the oral tradition. Although, like, um. Clearly influenced by these like, old Norse Norse traditions, the like precise sources Saxo gathered um, are not yet like entirely understood. I mean, I guess like maybe like people like told him or something like just old stories that had survived because it doesn't seem like any of these were written down prior to this. Um, so when it comes to Ragnar, Saxo appears to have relied on many different stories known to him, perhaps attempting to reconcile various versions. Um, I mean, like in the oral tradition, stories would typically evolve. I mean, embellished as they were, as they'd like told and told again. People are like, trying to just come up with like a way more exciting version of the story they were told yeah. before. Yeah, kind of let Mulan. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, many historians don't actually believe that Ragnar existed at all, even though so many kind of like like actually like, existing uh, Viking um, like figures all claim to have like been descended from like all the like leaders of the great heathen army that invaded England. They were all the sons of Ragnar, apparently. Of course they were. Like, you know I mean, like, so it's just, uh, it's kind of interesting. So they, or I mean, like, is that like a legendary kind of, um, uh, claim, but they were actually brothers. So 
Did they I mean, just come up with an existed idea? Yeah, at some point. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> like they did. They descended from someone. Yeah. So, so yeah. Like, so was their claim like false? They made that up just together. We're like, should we just all pretend that our father's like this Ragnar character? <laughs> like, um, but like, yeah, it'd be a bit weird. Like, that's their dad. So like. I mean, like, <laughs> we'd be living at the same time. It'd be a hard thing to, like, make up, I think. Anyway. Um, da, 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 da. Um, so, yeah, another, like, uh, theory is that he may well have been an amalgamation of various historical persons merged together into one mythical hero. But, again, like, yeah, it's a difficult, difficult thing to, like, round if they'd all claimed this, like, one person. One legendary figure to be their father. Anyway, as such, um, some historians believe that Lagatha was no more than just like an insertion into Saxo's specific take on the Ragnar story. So it wasn't even kind of like, it didn't exist in like, like wider, wider sagas. He just kind of like inserted there uh, that character in himself. So Saxo is essentially like the author of Lagatha. Um, but what inspires Saxo to add her... Um, while she's absent from from other kind of similar works concerning Ragnar, isn't entirely clear. So according to Judith Jesch, 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 I think that's her name. So she's like a Viking expert, specifically an expert in Viking women. So in portraying the several warrior women in these tales, Saxo drew on the legend of the Amazons from classic antiquity, as well as a variety of old Norse, particularly Icelandic sources, uh, which have not been clearly identified. The thing is with this, like Judith Jess kind of like pops up quite a lot. Um, thing is with like, uh, like she kind of like uh, is against the idea of uh, shield maidens existing. I'm not really sure. I can't really find out why it is that she uh, thinks this, but I'll, I'll talk about that later on. But yeah, so she kind of brings up the Amazons from classical antiquity as like a myth, as a myth. That's kind of like her argument. But it's actually now been proved without doubt that Amazons, as described in the Greek mythology, did exist. Yeah. There's like a the National Geographic article about it online. If anyone's interested. Um, yeah, there's like, um, so there's basically like archaeological evidence that proves without doubt that that was actually a thing. So it's just not, it's no longer an argument against like uh, the existence. You can't, you can't use it as an argument against the existence of Warrior Women because that's, that legendary thing is real. Um, yeah. Uh, so when Saxo describes Agatha as flying around um, to the rear of the enemy, uh, he describes her power to the power of flight. So according to Jesh, this suggests a kinship with the Valkyries. Again, a link with the mythical, with the gods, or perhaps a personification of fate. Um, but the thing is, is like, that's just, that's, this is a literary work so like that's just like a metaphor like people always talk about like flying it doesn't necessarily mean like actual flying it just means like speed like, yeah exactly speed. Like, like it's, it's a weird i'll thing fly there exactly like, yeah it's just you know speed in any kind of way yeah exactly so it's not it's not it's not a, 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 a yeah a concrete argument against i don't think um so, like, based on, like, historical figures, which she could have been, um, she could have been based on a woman called... Oh, my God. Such a weird name. So, it's... Hla... Plaugero, I think. <laughs> it's such a weirdly spelled word. It's H-L-A-O with a weird thing above it. G-E-R-O with a weird thing above it. R... Anyway, she apparently ruled the Kaliolia. <laughs> That's another weird one. And appears in the sagas of the 6th century um, 
uh, Skilding King Halfdan. Halfdan's quite a fit, famous figure, actually. He pops up a lot. Uh, so she apparently gives Halfdan 20 ships to help defeat his enemy. So that is like a real character who helps like a, a king in a in a rebellion. So it's possible that she might be based on her. Okay. But I don't think she like, does much else. But yeah, that, there's similarities there. Uh, so basically, it's like not at all clear. Um, but what about Shield Maiden? So she's like supposed to be like the, the greatest Shield Maiden of all time. So do shield maidens exist so it's a funny one because although they seem to fight bravery and glory in saxo's um story um the depiction of women warriors in the book is also colored by misogyny like most churchmen at the time saxo thought women uh as only kind of like sexual beings so to him the viking shield maidens who refused um this role the example of disorder of the old heathen denmark that was later cured by the church and stable monarchy. So essentially, what I've said throughout this podcast, civilizing mission of Rome and later the church was actually quite bad for women. Um, is those uh, that changed the role of females to something more akin to uh, to fe- like the idea of like femin- femininity today, like these kind of like civilizing missions from like the Roman Empire to the church, whatever. Um, so like femininity is like a social construct, construct like created by these empires and religions. Am I allowed to say that as like a social construct? Or are we allowed to say um, is a construct? Yeah, I think it's true. Yeah. I think um, that is true because I think that, oh, I don't know, it's, it's really complicated, but I guess femininity, like who decided what was feminine? Exactly. And it's just got to be like a form of society. Obviously there are some biological things that are feminine. Yeah. They're like they're not feminine they're just biologically female exactly yeah, yeah like having children yes only biological females can have children but it do- we've made that a feminine thing mm-hmm. exactly as yeah. opposed to it actually being like the word feminine is just another word that we've made up just like masculine what is being masculine yeah like they're they kind of interlocked like we've decided one or the other but then there are some things that are like, I don't know, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, like the video games have shifted a lot. Like it used totally, to be like yeah. a kind of masculine thing. Yeah. Whereas over our lifetimes, especially, it has shifted. Yeah. And it's no longer seen I think it is seen a bit as a masculine thing, but it's no longer seen less, entirely so. yeah, yeah. As, as a masculine thing. So and I think that like those things can change and have Definitely. changed. But yeah, I think saying it's a social construct and is perfectly fine. So many more kind of like female leads in like video games. So the academic battle still rages on about whether Shield Maidens existed, essentially. So um, ultimately, I think it's a bit of a silly one. I mean, like we've gone over this before with Boudicca. Historians kind of like take dismissing... Um, historical source materials like a given and put onus on those who kind of like um who kind of like support the like the theory of like female warriors as like uh put the onus on them um to like prove it which is kind of like weird you know like the uh the source material like what's it by what's his name the guy that wrote about Boudicca so he kind of wrote about like female warriors and they're like yeah but did he actually mean female warriors? And he's like, well, that's the source material. Like, surely it's up to you to disprove, like, his source material, not, like, put the onus on us to, like, prove that the source material is true. I don't know. It seems like a kind of a backwards way of doing it. Um, yeah. 
it's got, it's kind of difficult to prove if if people are just dismissing source material like left, right, and center. Right? Center. But anyway, um, we talked with the Amazons for centuries. Historians desperately tried to argue against their existence, and now we have irrefutable archaeological proof that a matriarchal society of warriors existed during the ancient Greek period. Um, now I need to go and play Trojan Total War. Uh, as for shield maidens again we've had plenty of archaeological evidence but those who argue against their existence just play the like it doesn't prove anything hard so the argument is they were probably buried with their husband's shit so like we've had like there's loads of blame of females have been dug up they've got loads of weapons around them and whatnot and so they're just arguing, yeah, it's just a husband stuff. And it's just like, that just seems like a weird argument to me. Yeah, but- also like, okay, say they found like a load of men yeah. with shields and stuff. Yeah. They wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, they're exactly, yeah. their wife's Boy shit. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's so, it's a misogynistic way of looking yeah, at history. Absolutely. And that is like still apparent in so many things. Totally. And, and in like translations of stuff as well, stuff has been mistranslated by men. Yeah like ancient sources to make it a more masculine way of looking at totally yeah, yeah. things and it's just like disgusting yeah um yeah absolutely um and the side does seem to be turning now like so, so there's a whole like burka shield maiden thing um so burka was a warrior who was found uh 10th century in a 10th century uh chamber grave in Burka, Sweden. So it's a warrior named after kind of the area that where she was found. So originally the Burka finding was believed to be a male warrior. So that was the belief since the Brett Graves excavation in 1889. Uh, so DNA tests have since then uh, proven that she was indeed a woman. Analysis of the contents of the grave showed that it contained uh, a game set with boards and pieces uh, with a board and pieces so that's noted, noted as typically symbolizing strategic uh, thinking so this kind of suggests that she was an officer who could lead troops into battle um so there's a guardian article reported gaming pieces perhaps from from a game kind of like a, a sort of precursor to chess suggests uh, the female warrior um was a battle strategist so like a general According to historian Anna um, Kjellstrom, only a few warriors are built with gaming pieces and they signal strategic thinking. So, yeah. So this indicates that she was a member of the military caste because um, not just anyone gets buried with gaming pieces. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, not only that, but it's been proven that the rep- like the massive weapons cache that she was buried with um, had been used by a trained warrior and were not just ceremonial. That's another argument they was made. Oh, it was just like ceremonial. Like she might just be like a member of the, the like nobility. But no, she had used them. They were used by a warrior. Uh, so Jesh again comes along. She's a weird one. She keeps arguing against her. I mean, like, I- I'm going to say, I'm-, I'm probably not a fan of a Scottish ship, to be honest. But, um, and, um, I'm no Viking expert, so so what do I know? So she rebutted the study. So she argued that since the grave was ex- excavated in 1889, um, bones from other graves may have been mixed together. So it probably wasn't, in her view, probably was still a male's um, grave, but just that someone accidentally mixed some female bones in with like what they found. 
Um, she also believes that the uh, inference that she was a warrior because of game pieces buried in the grave was premature speculation and that researchers had not considered other reasons for female, a female body in a warrior's tomb. Uh, so yeah, she's really against the idea of female warriors. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's because like the discovery would go against her like re- original research. She has been researching for a long time, so it would just undo a lot of what she's already done. Or perhaps it's this weird, I, I don't know, like this idea that that war is intrinsically male and patriarchal thing that women would not be part of. And she's kind of like arguing for that. I don't know where it comes from, but like, she is very against like the idea of shield maidens. Um, but archaeologist, uh, Charlotte, uh, Hedden, Oh my God. I'm so, actually I will, I know what I'm going to do. According to Charlotte. Hedden's, that person. <laughs> At um, least we know it. We, that, that, I'm going to do that from now on. Right. That's a much better way of doing it. Um, so she's rebutted the bone claim, saying that um, the guy who found it, Hjalmar Stolpe, uh, was known for his meticulous note-taking and careful documentation. Each bone found in the grave had been labelled um, with with the name of the grave, BJ581, uh, um, using Indian ink at the time of excavation. Um, so kind of like she... She kind of wrote a, wrote a paper with uh, some other historians about this. So the authors of a uh, paper have argued that Viking scholars have been reluctant to acknowledge the agency of women with weapons. Uh, additionally, they cited uh, Marianne Moan's 2011 study that concluded that the image of the male warrior in patriarchal society was reinforced by research and traditions uh, and contemporary preconceptions, as we were saying before. So it's kind of like coloured by this idea of kind of like male history. Anyway, throughout like the study of history. So it's kind of... Yeah, forever. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Other scholars have noted that cultural bias can result in incorrect interpretations of burial sites. So, yeah. So basically what we were just saying earlier... All that I agree with. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of uh, of Lagatha and the... Shield and the, Maidens. And the Shield Maidens. Whether they or she existed. Yeah. I like to think that they did. I did. I do too. There's quite, there's so much kind of archaeological uh, evidence suggests that there's been loads of, loads of burial sites we found in like England with like that basically prove the existence of Shield Maidens. Yeah. I, I just think it's uh it's this weird like, toxic uh, masculinity. That that <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to put it in a different way, but yeah, it's just that. <laughs> Hashtag. Um have you got any recommendations? Uh I finally started watching Demeanor, which is what I recommended last week, and it is pretty fantastic. So I'm just okay. gonna recommend that again. That's HBO, it's really right? Good. Uh no, it's just like a pro- it's just like a sky uh, okay. production. Sometimes these these things are like kind of like the production values aren't great and like it looks a bit cheap and the uh and the like the script can be a bit ridiculous and the acting can be a bit terrible but this is really good like it does kind of like go quite nicely into Roman politics and all the like intrigues yeah it's good it's really good amazing um my recommendation is a film it's called Suad and it is based on the lives of two teenage, well, young sisters in Egypt, 
and it goes from one perspective of one to the other and it was all based around it, it's one of those ones we have to read English people so um <laughs> but mind um it's based around their lives and their pressures and use of social media and I went to see it the other day on my own it was 6 p.m and I got the whole screen to myself lovely, on my own. Levels. And it was the greatest cinematic experience ever. Because I just love seeing that on my own. Just like, ah, lovely film. And it was so good. It was really sweet. Really nice. I mean, there are some other really good films out at the moment. If you like horror, Censor is my favorite film of the year so far. The Night House is a, the new Rebecca Hall film, which was really creepy and scary and had jump nice. scares. And I loved it. So, yeah all those things but if you're interested in um you know kind of middle eastern teenage you know how they kind of cope with social media and stuff suad is a good film yeah check that out i remember i uh, did that for the monuments man went to the cinema and just i was the only person and they just sat right in the middle of the screen and just went oh this is lovely it's not a great film though that's the only problem <laughs> monuments man not, not, not a brilliant World War II film. Well, speaking of social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Have You Ever Pod, and uh, I'm on the Instagram as well. But we haven't done that. We're not updating yet, yeah. so maybe don't. Maybe I'll start updating it with some <laughs> just random pictures of me going to the tank museum. Um, <laughs> Feel and, free. Uh, <laughs> and uh, follow us wherever you listen. And keep listening, tell your friends. Maybe leave us a review if you want, like five stars yeah. if you want. Subscribe, get your friends to subscribe. Yeah, all and that we see good stuff. See you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>